lessons God absolutely intends for us to learn. I'm going to be the engineer. We're going to get there together. And we're going to make it to where God wants us to be. I'm leaving a trail in case somebody's wondering. My boots have absolutely fallen apart underneath my feet. And we're going to go there together. Christmas, in some ways, has lost its majesty. There's something that has gotten away from us. And many, like many of the people that are in the, the, the characters on that screen, we've got lessons to learn and things to recapture. And for some of us, like that young boy about to get on the train, it's a very pivotal year. Are we going to go back to, to, to are we going to maintain that childlike faith? Are we going to live like that message, that Christmas thing is really real? Are we going to be like the light shining in the darkness for people around us? Or are we just going to go through the motions of normal Christendom, Christianity, Christmas stuff? But are we going to allow the message of Jesus to transform our lives? We have to ask, answer those questions today. I wonder if you have your ticket. Do you have your ticket? I love Christmas movies. And uh, we have to decide if we're going to believe this story or not. We have, to we have to decide whether we're going to move forward. I think some of us are here because we're trying to sort it out and figure it out. The boy in this story of the Polar Express trying to figure out where Santa fits in. The, the question for us... Moses. No. Um, <laughs> to use another movie theme. My hair's not quite wide enough to be Charlton Heston at this moment. We're trying to figure out where he fits in the Christmas, which is sad because it's a celebration of his birthday. And I'm not talking about Santa, I'm talking about Jesus. And we've got to decide whether it's just going to be a holiday, we're going to find a place for him in the holiday. But not only the holiday, is the, the things he wants to do in us during this holiday season, this Christmas time, are they going to transfer for us into everydayness? I don't even know if that's a word, but I just made it up. And today we've got to decide if we're going to venture down that path. There are some things that hinder us, I get that, from enjoying Christmas. The fact that Christmas has come, the fact that Christ has come. There are some things just about life that keep that from being what it ought to be. Are you guys with me? How many of you have had issues in life that kind of impede your perception of Christmas at this moment? How many of you are struggling right now with some things that go, dude, I'm really trying to get into Christmas, but I'm, I'm struggling right now. Yeah, we're looking around here. The boy, if you look at the, the credits, his, he's called Hero Boy. I think it's kind of funny. He never, never really tell, they never really tell you his name, the whole movie. He's Hero Boy. He's on this journey, and he wants desperately to believe, but some things hinder him. And he finds some other friends along the way who've got their own hindrances. And so today I want to be that person who helps you get down the path and on the journey to discover, rediscover in some cases, the majesty, the mystical side of Christmas. Today we're going to look at two figures he meets along the way on this figure, and we're going to compare them to some scriptural figures who have to walk through the real story. 
And so, to introduce you to the first figure we're going to kind of talk about. Just watch the screen. We're just like the kid with the glasses. A lot of us. We think we know the story. We think we know all the facts. We got it down. We can quote Luke 2 and we can quote Matthew chapter 1. We can quote Isaiah 9. And something about it doesn't resonate anymore. We know all the details. We understand all the facts and the figures. But there's something about that's lost its luster. We know it's a ball and whatever, blah, 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 blah. And one kid's go, what is that all about? You know, and, and, and we think we know so much. And there's this idea, this arrogance, this pride that, 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 you know, it's just this, you know, we know the story. Oh, yeah, Jesus came. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got that. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the shepherds, they showed up. Yeah, I know about that. And a virgin, of course, we know all about that. And we know all about all the things that make it what it's supposed to be, but somehow we know so much about it that it's like it's... When you sit, you know, when you sit down and read a, a, a book to a kid for the first time, oh my goodness, my little fellas, man, all I got to do is, hey, you want to read a book? Eyes light up, yeah, come on. We'll jump on the couch and soup, you know, from every direction they'll come and I'll, I'll sit and read them a story and they're like locked in, like, oh, right. But see, us as followers of Jesus, those children of God, we read this story and we kind of go, yeah, no. 
I get it, sort of. I know all the facts. But somehow I know so much that I don't know anything about it all of a sudden. I need to relearn the story. I need to come at another approach with it that, that, that it really means something. That it's not an Aesop's fable. That it's not something that just can be memorized. It's not just something that can be recited. It's not... I, 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 how many people love Charlie Brown Christmas? There's something about that scene where the dude quotes Luke chapter 2. The dude, my eyes pop and my heart starts to race. You guys remember that? Oh, dude, there's something about that that just grabs me by the, by the chest strings if there's such a thing. <clears throat> Jesus really came. And I want to learn that like a kid over and over and over again. See, there's this, chat, there's this lady in the scriptures who's faced with the same things. She knows the facts. She's been trained as a good young Jewish girl about what things are supposed to be like, how things are supposed to function. And she's faced with some facts and some details that suddenly give her pause. And she's got to relearn what she thinks she knows. She's found in Luke chapter 1. And she's a main character in this story about the real message about Christmas, the coming of our Savior, the Messiah. Without her, there is no story. And so let's look at her story really quickly. Does the story of Jesus really... Let me ask you a question. Some of you are going, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, it's just my personality. I really don't get into all that stuff. Let me say something to you. It may be your personality, but if you can point back to a time when this story triggered a switch on the inside of you... And something went off. And all of a sudden, now it's just facts. Something's missing. You need to relearn. You need to learn it all over again. See, something happened to a guy named Scott Pritchard one day. And if you want to see the rest of his story, there's about 28 minutes of it. It'll be on the website. Okay? There's a guy who knew all the, the facts and the figures about Jesus. Am I right, Scott? He thought he, he thought he did. And one day, the story that was just a story suddenly came to life. And you know what? That story speaks to us every day, and it's waiting for us to come to life. The story, the story wants to live. It wants to breathe. It wants to be active in our lives, in our world. September 24th is three months from Christmas Eve. I don't find that very un un unusual. I find that kind of very funny. Because Scott will celebrate his three-month birthday of new life on Christmas Eve. When we celebrate the coming of Jesus. He will celebrate on December 24th three months of having a brand new perception and lease on life, man. And I want to be at his house that night. Matter of fact, I want you to come to my house. Well, not my house, the Madison on the Lake, maybe. That would be great. You know what I mean? And celebrate with us this story of the coming of Jesus. Mary finds herself in this story in Luke chapter 1. And we'll read a couple of pieces. Verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. There's exclamation points there in the scripture, and I love that, because this is not some... 
hello, Mary. Uh, I'm kind of the courier here. And, uh, you know, some of those customer service people, you go on the end of the phone. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? Okay, whatever. He's, one, he's doing his mission, and here's an exclamation point, And he goes, the Lord is with you. Ah, it just makes me come alive. I was reading earlier this week in the book of Joshua. And one of the the things it says in there is that God was with Joshua. When I read those words, I went, yeah. That moment, I needed that encouragement that the Lord was with Joshua. And I went, yeah. And the Lord comes to Mary in the form of an angel named Gabriel. He says, don't, the Lord's with you. And I bet her eyes popped. And I bet her heart raced. And I bet it was amazing. But then her mind started working. Because the next lines in the New Living Translation read like this. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Isn't that like us? It's like Brian described doing the meet and greet. You know, Peter out there on the water, and he's walking towards Jesus, and all of a sudden his mind started working. Hey, dude, you are on the water. Hey, there's thunder rolling. There's lightning cracking. There are waves hopping up and down, and you're out here. Oh, no. Oh, no. And like Mary, Mary's like, oh. And then she goes, oh, crap, what does that mean? Oh, my goodness. And brain started going, and she's trying to go, okay, I'm confused. I'm disturbed. What is all this about? And she knew all the details about how Messiah would come, and those things start working. And I don't think I'd be, here, I'd be involved in that story, and blah, 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 blah. And her, she's, she, she, she's, she's, going, she's going crazy. And she goes, I want to say something. Issues of faith oftentimes do not make sense. There are certain things God will lead you to do, lead you into, make a part of your life that you try to make sense of them and you try and let your brain do all the work for you rather than your heart. And I'm going to tell you something, you're going to find yourself in trouble. She, began, she, she, she became confused and disturbed. You know why? She started thinking. And here's the funny part about it. The Bible says the man thinks in his heart. I find that's very funny. So is he. You know why? Because God doesn't always want you thinking with your brain. I've heard people tell me before, I'm, a man of, I'm not a man of faith, I'm a man of science. What he's saying is, the facts mean more, more, more to me than anything else. And if I, can't, if I can't make sense of the facts, it doesn't make sense to me. You know what? Well, God, God doesn't call us to walk with facts, he calls us to walk in faith. And sometimes, if you start thinking with your mind, your heart will become disconnected and you will lose all sense of luster, magic, or anything that has to do with the, with the story of Christmas. And I know some people are like, dude, you're using the word magic. You know what I, you know what I mean? There's something about this story about God came from heaven that should trigger something on the inside of us that is like seriously, like it lights a switch. Things happen that wouldn't normally happen. And she keeps thinking because the, 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 the angel keeps talking to her. Don't be afraid. He knows she's like trying to process. You have found favor with God. He keeps putting exclamation points at the end of everything he says. You'll conceive and give birth to a son. and God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He'll reign forever over Israel. There's still exclamation points every place. And I'm like, oh, man, that's awesome. His kingdom will never end. And she goes, but how? Some of you have been sitting here and God's been encouraging you and trying to get you to do certain things and be a part of his plan. And every time he says something, you go, but how? Not me. 
I know how weak I am. I know how frail I am. I know I messed up. I know facts about me, and I know facts about how, how, how church works and how ministry works. But how? But how? And God's like, listen, Mary, I got that covered. I know you can't make this happen on your own. And the angel responds to her, the, the, the Lord will do this. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And if God's calling you somewhere and you need to relearn this story, God says this to you. Don't get, quit asking how. Quit asking, quit, 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 start saying yes. And the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And amazing things will happen. This already, you guys, some of you have, have been sitting around this Christmas season wanting to do things differently than you've done them before. You really want to do something that's just off the wall. You know what I would say? That's the Holy Spirit of God going, just come with me. And you're going, but how? But how? But how? And he's going, no, there's that person across the road. But how? You know, listen, a fruit basket would be nice for them. But how? You know, a text message would really work right now. But how? You know, making that visit. But how? Is that going to make any difference? And you keep going. And he's just like, just, just, just trust me. There's not, only something, there's not something amazing about this story about the person of Christ. There's something amazing about the story God's working in you. There's something amazing going on in your life. Listen, Scott Pritchard is sitting here. That's amazing. Is that amazing? That's right. right here in this room. Scott's sitting there. He should not be here. Am I right? Huh? That's magical. Huh? That is off the chart. I remember, I remember standing about right here with Vicki, my wife and I, several years ago. And she, she says these words. Scott and I have talked about this. She said, I just feel nudged. I feel like God wants me to pray. I need to pray that whatever it takes, Jesus. And she's bawling because she's like, I don't know what that means. And I said, listen, Vicki, God's big enough to take care of Scott. And you know what? God's big enough to take care of Scott. Huh? But how? I don't know how, but he did. And with you, I don't know how, but he will. I can't answer the how question. I can't give you all the facts and figures. I can't explain it all to you. But I will tell you this. In, her, in human terms, in verse 37, the angel says, listen, I know it's impossible for you. But nothing is impossible with God. That's the angel's comeback to Mary's how question. In human terms, there are always impossibilities. Always. You will never be sufficient. You will never figure it all out. Your brain is not big enough. Your hands are not strong enough. Your legs cannot run fast enough. You're, you're, you don't have enough brain power to articulate everything that needs to be articulated. I promise, you're, in human terms, it is impossible. But see, you're not just working in human terms. You're working in inhuman terms. You're working in outside the realm of human terms. For nothing is impossible with God, the angel says. And that's where, that's where Mary jumps the bridge from human reasoning to faith. And she says these words. Her concession to the Lord is, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. This young guy in this video, he, 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 he misses the whole point at times because he's just trying to sort the facts. For us to get back to what really is Christmas, what really is the message of Jesus, we got to relearn and we got to give some concessions to God and say, God, whatever. 
I'm going to quit asking how. I'm going to quit asking why. I'm going to quit asking what. I'm going to quit asking. I'm going to say whatever. I'm not going to ask questions. I'm going to respond. Whatever. Her return to wonder, Mary's return to wonder, she's wondering about how this is all going to happen, happens in, with, with two facets. She, she, she operates in humility. I cannot figure it out. And she operates in submission. She says, you know what? I can't figure it out. I don't have to. I'm not big enough to figure it out, but if that's what you say, Jesus, I'm on it. And her one, the wonder of this story that she's heard about the Messiah for all of her life, ever since she was raised from a little baby infant, all around the stories, all around her town, all in the synagogue, everywhere, suddenly comes to life. And the wonder of the story becomes powerful to her. And she says, whatever. And I can't figure it out. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. My life doesn't make sense to me right now, but that's okay. I'm with you. I just go. And so she learns the story. The second piece of the puzzle, are there some of you here who maybe aren't trying to learn, but God's asking you to step out and do something. And there's this fearful figure in this story. And his story's found in Matthew 1. So you can turn there as we watch a video clip really quickly. some of you are like that little girl you feel really compelled to do certain things about your christianity but every time you go to make a move to do that thing every reason in the book pops up why you shouldn't regulations are you sure how many of you, how many of you felt really something god's called you to do and to be in your heart and at christmas time it's come alive or something and you get this are you sure are you sure? 
and you take pause and you stop. And then some of you have actually gone beyond the, the railroad safety regulations and you've gone beyond the are you sure questions. You've gone beyond that and you've actually done it. And when you've gone out and done it, you've gotten bitten. Can I have your ticket, please? In the middle of carrying out what happened, what, what, what you felt God called you to do, something happened that just makes it like, I should have never done that. In the fr- Why did I even think I could even do that? What is all, it just every time I turn around, there's something, and, 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 and I'm trying to be good-hearted, and I'm trying to be compassionate, and I'm trying to be Jesus, but you know what? I'm just not doing it anymore. I'm throwing my hands up. I'm done with that. So here's a guy named Matthew, a guy named Matthew who writes a story about a guy named Joseph. <laughs> In the, in the scripture, he plays a very pivotal role in this. In this story. But he's got all those regulations to contend with. And he's got all that stuff about why he shouldn't do what he's supposed to do, what he believes in his heart he's supposed to do. And in Matthew chapter 1, it says these words, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this guy, Joseph, is on the track to his, his, his dream, on the track to, 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 to have life fulfilled, and all of a sudden an obstacle comes up. He's trying to be a good man. He's trying to operate in this relationship thing the way the scriptures say to operate in it. He's trying to be a husband and a, and a fiance that would, his folks would be proud of, that her folks would be proud of, that everything would just go just right. And right smack in the middle of that, the lady he's supposed to marry shows up pregnant. And guess what? It's not his. And he knows it's not his. And she's got some cockamamie idea that this is God's baby. <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. Are you telling me the truth? Yeah, that happens every day of the week, uh huh. Sure, Mary. Oh yeah. You. <laughs> in case I'm in case I'm mistaken, you know the Bible says that this is going to be a king. We're not in the. I mean, we're of the line of David, but we don't live in a king's palace. We don't. What are you talking? About? Are you crazy? Don't give me that stuff about God and conception and all. That. Are you kidding me? And he's trying to be a godly man and trying to sort through all that stuff. And the words we read about Matthew, from Matthew about Joseph are these. Listen to these words. Joseph, her fiance, was a good man. Ah. And he did not want to disgrace her publicly. He's still trying to do the right thing. His way to doing what he felt was his life dream and his goal has suddenly got a big obstacle, but he still wants to do the right thing. He's a good man. And in his heart, doing the right thing, following the regulations, just something isn't settling well. And he's, he's made it. There's a desire here to, to, to follow this dream. There's disgrace that pops up in the middle of it. And then there's a dilemma for, De, for, for Joseph. Because it says he did not want this great publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. He made a decision. Or did he? Because in that verse, it sounds like he's very decisive. Like he's already on with things. He's following the regulations. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's like that girl on the train. She knows the regulations are not, a child is not supposed to cross moving, moving train cars. But she's like, that's what I'm, but I've got to do this. And in Joseph's heart, he looks at, looks at the situation and he, con, he considered what I say to you. He re, reconsidered. He considered, as he considered, it sounds like he made a decision, but he didn't really make a decision because he's still considering it. 
He thinks he knows what he's going to do and all the regulations and all the things about what wisdom and sense and everything are looking him in the face, but in his heart, he's like, I still got to do that. Just like that little girl. I know it's dangerous to cross that car, but something to me, that little boy needs some more hot chocolate. I got to get back there. Nobody else even thought about him, but I have, and I need to do that. And I'm holding this hot, cho- I'm holding this hot cup of hot chocolate. The train's moving. I'm going to cross these train cars by myself. But should I? And she said, are you sure? And the funny thing about it is, the person who can help her get across the train cars at that moment steps into the picture. I ended it there on purpose because the person who could get her across the car just shows up. And Joseph, as he's considering this, has this idea. He has good intentions and he's decided. But he, and he has this dream. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. That was not some cockamamie story. Joseph. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here's the coolest thing about the story. God steps into the picture right at the right moment as Joseph's ready to make that leap across the cars. And for some of you, 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 this Christmas could be completely different if you just follow the nudge. Just follow the nudge. Some of you feel like you need to go see a family member you haven't talked to forever. Just follow the nudge. Some of you need to step out into a play, an area, an arena of ministry that you've never stepped out into, and God wants to illuminate his, life, his glory in your life. If you just take the step and follow the nudge, things would happen. And, and you're like, you have every reason not to. All the regulations say why you can't. All your history would say why you shouldn't. Every, everything about all your background and all the bad mistakes you've made and all that stuff would tell you why you can't, why you shouldn't. But, but God will step into the picture just the right moment and say, let's jump across this car together. Because his name is Emmanuel. God with us. And if God is with us, he is with you. If he's with us collectively, he's with you personally. All the reasons why you shouldn't, all the reasons why you can't, all the reasons why it's a bad idea, everything. God wants to say, come on, let's walk together. I can help you get through this. You need to lead. Lead. You need to take the step. Well, I'm not called to be a leader. Listen, we are all called to lead other people towards the person of Christ. As I was praying this morning in prayer meeting, I just had this, I just felt compelled that there was one, there's one of you, you have an issue at work. And the issue at work has nothing to do with you. You've done nothing wrong. You're not involved in the fray. But you walk in every day and you know that there's a schism, there's a division going on in your workplace. And every time you walk into work every morning, you know what's going on? You hear these words, blessed are the peacemakers. And God's giving you a nudge to go and make, help make some things right. None of it's your fault. But you're feeling like, God, I've got to play a role here. I've got to help these parties get on the same page. I want to tell you something. Follow that lead. Follow that nudge. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know why the Bible says that? I'm, I'm, I'm confused suddenly. They inherit the kingdom, is that right? Is that the, is that the promise to the, to the peacemakers? Pure in heart, see God. Yeah, I think that theirs is the kingdom. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for theirs is the kingdom. You want to be a person of the kingdom because it lives within you? Follow the nudge. Follow the lead. Be the leader. I'm asking you to lead groups of people. I'm asking you to take the lead and helping somebody come to know the person of Christ. That's what I'm asking you to do. All of us are called to do that. Not all of us will run ministries. Not all of us will run offices. Not all of us will run organizations. Not all of us will be group leaders. Not all of us will be any of that kind. Of, but all of us are responsible for leading other people to the person of Christ. And what I'm asking you to do this Christmas is take the lead and not make this message just something you share with your own family around a Christmas tree on Christmas morning at your house. I'm asking you to share it with other people. Listen. The final decision is made. I feel, like, I feel like Joseph was sitting in the chair on who wants to be a millionaire. Is that your final answer? He goes, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. And Joseph named his name Jesus. Joseph took the lead. It didn't even say Mary named him. It says Joseph named him. That boy's name is going to be Jesus. He took the lead. He ran with it. I want to ask you something. Got your ticket punched? Watch the screen. anywhere, man. Message your ticket punched. Some of you need to grab the learn ticket and allow the conductor to punch your ticket. It's time to relearn the story. And others of you need to allow the conductor to punch your lead ticket. It's time to follow the nudge. It's time to move out and be what God calls you to be. Not just at Christmas time, but because it's Christmas time. Does that make sense? Because the message is more important than anything else. The message is more important. It's your ticket punch. Today, maybe we're sitting here, and this Christmas story is all brand new to you because you don't know Jesus. Listen, we can punch your ticket today. We can get you on the Christmas Express. The basic story of Christmas is God sent his son because he loved us. And he wanted a relationship with us. And we were sinful and ugly and nasty without him. And you know what? Jesus came with the perfect life. He was born in a manger. And right behind that screen is a cross that makes this, man this manger more important than anything else on the planet. Because Jesus died. And now he lives. And you can learn the grace of God. Yeah, right, right ticket. Learn the grace of God. Relearn it. Understand it. Walk in it. He extends his invitation to you and asks you to get on the train. Why? To heaven, of course. Where are we going? That's where we're going. Listen. Today, the grace of Jesus extends to both the learner and the leader. The same grace that makes you available 
To learn makes you capable to lead. Makes you capable of following the nudge. Today, if you'll follow him, he will walk with you. I want to read you Galatians chapter 4. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. Hmm. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to his law. That's where you guys who don't know Christ yet need to grab a hold of. So that he could adopt us as his very own children. That's the message of Christmas. God came to extend his family. God sent Jesus to extend grace to a greater family, to adopt children who weren't yet his, and that's all of us. And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out. He sent his spirit into our hearts to make it come alive again. Prompting us to call out, Father, Daddy, Abba. I'm yours and you're mine. Do what you want with my life. I'm here. I want to be what you want me to be. And since you are his children, God has made you his heir. That is the story of Christmas right there. That is it. Learners and leaders, it's time to learn. It's time to return a childlike faith. Let the power of God's word resonate within you once again. It's time to lead. It's time to take a chance. It's time to let the power of God's presence work with you. When that little girl took that step toward the back of that car, God stepped right into the picture, in my estimation. The God figure, the conductor, who was making sure all the plans were in place, everything could get there on time and do what it was supposed to do. He stepped into the picture. So let's jump across there. Time to take the lead. Time with the power of God's presence to guide you and help you and work with you in whatever endeavors of life got its place already in your heart. Time to lead. You know what? We can't win people. We can't win people if this message isn't, isn't currently and constantly winning our own hearts. If this story of Christmas doesn't make something pop on the inside of you, you need to come back to the person of Christ and say, Jesus, you are everything. You can't win other people if it's not winning you right now. And you know what? You can't disciple people. You can't encourage people unless right now you're willing to learn and then help them in learning. You need to relearn. You can't, you can't disciple others until you're just constantly learning more and more and more about the scripture, about the person of Christ, about the, about the message of the gospel, about the message of Christmas. Because it's much more than Santa Claus in a red hat. And you know what? We, we can't send or be sent unless we're willing to take a risk. We're willing to jump off the boat unless we're willing to, to go do something odd or unusual. Leaders, will you come with me real quick and just join me here at the front? I want to ask you a question. Is life right now leaving you with too many questions? Are you trying to sort out the facts? Are you trying to sort out the issues? Are you trying to, 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 to try and get through that? Some of you today, you guys, some of you just admitted before, you guys, you guys stand with me. You've been way too inactive. I've talked too long. Some of you admitted already that you're already having trouble with this criticism because you're just dealing with stuff. You know what? Leaders are sitting around this room right now. Prophecy teams on that end. You know why? To help you get back to the wonder. To help you not let the facts be everything. Let the person of Christ become everything. Won't you come? 
If you raised your hand a little while ago, don't be afraid. Time to take the risk. I'm jump off the car. If right now you can't get, get, get really good in the Christmas because things are just, just horrible and ugly, come let us pray with you. Come now. Don't stop. See, some of you got to take the risk. I saw you raise your hands. Are you going to leave out of here and still not be in wonder? How about leaders? Some of you need to take that next step of commitment to faith. Some of you need to take that risk. Say, I'm going to go back to the back of that car. I'm going to jump out of it. Let's pray. Jesus, look around this room right now. And those of us who are without wonder, God, who are without that, 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 that all that, God, you would come and you would be with us. God, re, reignite that, Lord Jesus. God, I can't figure out all the facts. I, I have questions all the time, Lord, that, that confront me. But, Lord, I want to be the person who says, whatever you want, God, I'll just follow. Be it unto me according to your word. Lord, I pray you'd find people around this room right now who are looking at the facts and trying to make sense and asking the butt hows and all that. And God, you'd minister to them and you'd encourage them and you'd strengthen them right now. And God, for those who know you're calling them and you're asking another step, another level of commitment, God, I pray just they take that risk and they come to you. Lord, I pray for those who don't know you at all and all of a sudden the message of Christmas comes alive that God could be with me. I've never known he could be with me. I pray, Jesus, they would capture the person of Christ right now. Lord, I pray your blessing and your power and your strength. Right now, some of you are dealing with stuff, circumstance, and situation that keeps, it keeps the Jesus from being evident. Maybe you need God to show up big in your body. Or maybe there's something going on in your family. Or maybe your finances are just all screwed up. And come, let us pray with you. Not because we're anything, but because God is everything. And he intends to make a connection in your life through the lives and the hearts and the hands of other people. Jesus, do your work. We trust you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Your great and awesome, your wonderful name. It is good news of great joy, Jesus, that you came. We love you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.